why did Rome fail? Brings up some interesting questions now, doesn't it? Always looking at those patterns. Anyway, welcome to the show, kids. Pull up a chair. I'm going to be talking today in this, well, this egg segment. I'm only going to be talking and trying to rein myself in about why Rome fell. Always interesting, right? They write the history. I didn't. I don't think you did either. So, okay, let's start off here. Because I've been looking into some different expressions, but let me focus first on why Rome failed, and then I'll get into, you know, I've been talking for a long time about divide and conquer and stuff. Well, <laughs> turns out it came from Rome. But anyway, so, number one reason, invasions by barbarian tribes. The most straightforward theory for Western Romans' collapse pens the fall on a string of military losses sustained against outside forces. Rome had tangled with Germanic tribe for centuries but by the 300 bar but by the 300s barbarian groups like the goths g-o-t-h-s had encroached beyond the emperor's borders the romans weathered a germanic uprising in the late fourth century but the 410 i don't know successfully sacked the city of rome okay so close off this ad here um from then on, no Roman Empire would ever again rule a post in Italy. So, yeah, this was, you know, they have this stuff, and I'll be talking about it in a bit, about, you know, where they're ancient Greeks and then regular Greeks. And it's, anyway, I'll sort that out. But let me focus on this, because next I want to get to, um, I think that they're both the same, Greek and the Romans, but <laughs> let me focus here. So, what was the other reason why Rome failed? Even as Rome was under attack from outside forces, it was also crumbling from within thanks to a severe financial crisis. Constant wars and overspending had significantly lightened imperial coffers, and oppressive, oppressive taxation and inflation had widened the gap between the rich and the poor. I, th I feel like I'm reading about what's going on right now, but... So. So it went on to say, in the hope of avoiding the tax man, many members of the wealthy classes had even fled to the countryside and set up independent fiefdoms. At the same time, the empire was rocked by a labor deficit. Rome's economy depended on slaves to till its fields and work as craftsmen, and its military might had traditionally provided a fresh influx of conquered people to put to work. Gee, wonder where they got all this slave business from, right? You know, people now are, there's just slaves all over the world, so I don't want to go too far off here. But, you know, they have people locked up on fishing boats out of Thailand who are essentially slaves. Or slaves, is, <laughs> slaves is their business model. Okay, so let me get back here. Um, Depended on slaves to till its fields and work as craftsmen, and its military might traditionally provide a fresh influx of conquered people to put to work. What are they doing now on the borders? Nancy Pelosi just said last week that it's too bad we can't move these immigrants up to where they need to pick crops. Rome's supply of slaves and other war treasures began to dry up. A further blow came in the 5th centuries, when the Vandals claimed North Africa and began disrupting the empire's trade by prowling the Mediterranean as pirates. When its economy faltered and its commercial and agriculture production in decline, the empire began to lose its grip on Europe. 
Number three, the rise of the Eastern Empire. The fate of Western Rome was partially sealed in the late third century when Emperor so-and-so, I might as well not try to pronounce it, Emperor so-and-so divided the emperor into two halves. The Western Empire seated in the city of Milan, I believe that's Italy, <laughs> and the Eastern Empire in Byzantine, later known as Constantinople. The division made the empire more easily governable in the short term, but over time, the two halves drifted apart. East and West failed to adequately work together to combat outside threats, and the two often squabbled over resources and military aid. As the gulf widened, the largely Greek-speaking English Empire, Eastern Empire, excuse me, grew in wealth, while the Latin-speaking West descended into economic crisis. Most importantly, the strength of the Eastern Empire served to divert barbarian invasions to the West. Emperors like Constantine ensured that the city of Constantinople was fortified and well-guarded, but Italy and the city of Rome, which only had symbolic value for many in the East, were left vulnerable. The Western political structure would finally disintegrate in the 5th century, but the Eastern Empire endured in some form or another thousands of years become being overwhelmed by the Ottoman Empire. So yeah, they said it preserves them. Okay. This is the key one. Number four. At, the height, at its height, the Roman Empire stretched from the Atlantic Ocean all the way to the Euphrates River in the Middle East. But its grandeur may have also been its downfall. With such vast territory to govern, the empire faced an administrative and logistical nightmare. Even with their excellent road systems, the Romans were unable to communicate quickly or effectively enough to manage their holdings. Rome struggled to marshal enough troops and resources to defend its frontiers from local rebellions and outside attacks, and by the second century, the Emperor Hadrian was forced to build his famous wall in Britain to keep the enemy at bay. And that's a wall that I talked about in the show about Romans. As more and more funds were funneled into the military upkeep of the empire, technological advancement slowed, and Rome's civil infrastructure fell into disrepair. So, fueling all that money into the military. Jesus, this is sounding so familiar. <laughs> Number five, government corruption and political instability. <laughs> In Rome, Shears... If Rome's sheer side made it difficult to govern, ineffective and inconsistent leadership only served to magnify the problem. Being the Roman Empire had always been a particularly dangerous job, but during the tumultuous 2nd and 3rd centuries, it nearly became a death sentence. Civil war thrust the empire into chaos, and more than 20 men took the throne in the span of 75 years. So over 75 years, 20 men took the throne. The throne, you see, royalty. They took the throne usually after the murder of their predecessor. The Praetorial Guard, the emperor's personal bodyguards, assassinated and installed new sovereigns at will and once even auctioned the spot off to the highest bidder. 
The political rot also extended to the Roman Senate, which failed to temper the excesses of the emperors due to its own widespread corruption and incompetence. As the situation worsened, civic pride waned, and many Roman citizens lost trust in their leadership. Number six, the arrival of the Huns, H-U-N-S, and the migration of the barbarian tribes. The barbarian attacks on Rome particularly stem from a mass migration caused by the Huns' invasion of Europe in the late 4th century. When these Eurasian warriors rampaged through modern Europe, they drove many Germanic tribes to the borders of the Roman Empire. The Romans grudgingly allowed members of the Visigoth, V-I-S-I-G-O-T-H, tribe to cross south into the Danube and into the safety of Roman territory, but they treated them with extreme cruelty. According to historian Amias, whatever, Roman officials even forced the starving Goths to trade their children into slavery in exchange for dog meat. Dog meat, okay. In brutalizing the Goths, the Romans create a dangerous enemy within their own borders. When the oppression began, be, became too much to bear, the Goths rose up in revolt and eventually routed a Roman army and killed the Eastern Emperor Valens during the Battle of Andrinople in AD 378. The shocked Romans negotiated a flimsy peace with the barbarians, but the truce, but the truce unraveled in 410, when the Gothic king, Alaris, moved west and sacked Rome. With the Western Empire weakened, Germanic tribes like the Vandals and the Saxons were able to surge across its borders and occupy Britain, Spain, and North Africa. Okay, number seven, Christianity and the loss of traditional values. The decline of Rome dovetailed with the spread of Christianity, and some have argued that the rise of a new faith helped contribute to the empire's fall. The Edict of Milan legalized Christianity in 313, the year 313, and it later became the state religion in three, uh, the year 380. These decrees ended centuries of persecution, but they may have also eroded the traditional Roman value system. Christians displaced the polycentric Roman religion, which was paganism, right? Same pagans that took over the Christian churches. So Christians displaced the Roman religion, which was paganism, which viewed the emperor as having a divine status and also shifted focus away from the glory of the state and onto a sole deity. So they were narrowing the gods down, right? Meanwhile, popes and other church leaders took an increased role in political affairs, further complicating governance. <coughs> Excuse me. The 18th century historian, historian Edward Gibbon was the most famous proponent of this theory, but his take has since recently been criticized. While the spread of Christianity may have played a small role in curbing 
Roman civic virtue, most scholars now argue that its influence paled in comparison to military, economic, and administrative factors. So, number eight, weakening of the Roman legions. For most of its history, Rome's military was the envy of the ancient world. But during the decline, the makeup of the once mighty legions began to change. Unable to recruit enough soldiers from its Roman citizenry, emperors like Diocrat and Constantine began hiring foreign mercenaries to prop up their armies. The ranks of the legions eventually swelled with Germanic, Germanic Goths and other barbarians, so much that the Romans began using the Latin word barbarus in place of soldier, B-A-R-B-A-R-U-S. So soldiers were the name for what? Barbarians? Okay. While these Germanic soldiers of fortune proved to be fierce warriors, they also had little or no loyalty to the empire and their power-hungry officers often turned against their Roman employers. In fact, many of the barbarians who sacked the city of Rome were brought down in Western Europe, excuse me, oh, Barbarians who sacked the city of Rome and brought down the Western Empire had earned their military stripes while serving in the Roman legions. Yeah, that's something else, isn't it? Um, because um, it just, I don't know, I, I, I had to keep looking at the dates to see if I was really talking about the um, same thing, right? Um, and I have something to hear about the Romans, and I will have to... Um, yeah, most all of our phrases have come from Rome. Divide and conquer came from Julius Caesar. Um, and I've been saying that for years because psychopaths' best tactic is to divide and conquer. Well, this makes perfect sense. Why did they hide the definition of psychopaths for all this time, right? <laughs> because it would make it pretty obvious who they are. So I think I have it all. Uh, of course, if I can think of any other loose, crazy detail, I will get back to you. So goodbye for now. Be safe out there.